Mmm, that's good. That's the sound of a new brewed episode of Digital Coffee. That's right, I'm back this week and actually for a few weeks on Digital Coffee. I'm going to be talking about how to start up a podcast or what tools to use for a podcast that goes everything from equipment to software apps to do you need a website? Do you not need a website? And what live streaming software you need to use for your podcast. Camera equipment, because that's always important nowadays. And most important thing, what media or podcasting hosting site should you use for your budget or what you feel comfortable with? Because not all of them are the same. Some are older, some are newer. Plus, as always, I'm going to go through a coffee that I am trying this week. And once again, it's Don Francisco. It's going to be the Cinnamon Hazelnut Keurig Cup. And then soon I'm going to be transferring over to Cold Brew Coffee because it's getting summer. It's getting a little bit hot. And that means that you want something cold. And cold brew is one of the best options for cold coffee if you brew it right. Now, you can do iced coffee, but usually iced coffee, you have to have it hot, and then it goes cold, and that's not really the best thing. So I'm going to transfer over to that and seeing which coffees are the best to do, which ones are not the best to do, because they're all different, and we need to know this. It's important, but let's get on with the show. Now, let's talk about the Don Francisco coffee. Now, this is the Cinnamon Hazelnut Keurig. Now I've tried Colombian. I've also tried the organic Malayan. And this one is actually really good as well. It actually has a hint of cinnamon and a hint of hazelnut. So it's not overpowering, but it's just enough where you can taste it. And it kind of all blends together in that coffee. Once again, the city is very low, which is also always a good thing. You never want high acidity where it feels like it's burning going down. It's just like drinking Jack Daniels and you don't want that. So once again, I highly recommend most of what Don Francisco does. They're actually really good at making coffee. And it's actually shown through their Keurig because usually Keurig is like, it's okay coffee. It's not great coffee. But as always, if you always want great coffee, you gotta spend a little bit more, like probably around $10 to $15 or more. But for just the quick on-the-go coffee, Don Francisco does it really, really well. I've been impressed with all their stuff. They're kind of up there with Wide Awake Coffee Co., which is just as good, even though Don Francisco doesn't actually use, well, the more green type of netting at the bottom. It's still the plastic Keurig. It's still good, but if you're actually that, you know, green conscious, probably not the best one for you. So, you know, pick and choose what you want, but I highly recommend this. Now let's move on to the main part of this episode is going to be talking about the hardware and what to buy when you're you know, starting a podcast or updating a podcast because sometimes you need to update your equipment, but there are things to know about what you should buy, kind of what the top brands are, are the top brands or the microphones that everybody use really good or really not good. Uh, And I'll just kind of give you some rundown, some of them that I've used, some of them that I haven't used because I haven't used all of them. Unfortunately, I don't have that much money to spend on those types of things and kind of like what's the fit for your budget because there's a lot of different mics out there and there's a lot of different prices there's a lot of different mixers out there with a lot of different prices there's headphone amps there's preamps there's just mixers with sound effects mixers without sound effects mixers with usb inputs mixers without usb inputs how do you connect those there's external hard drives there's dslr cameras camcorders webcams there is magic arms or friction arms. There is arm stands, which different ones for those as well. Headphones. Do you want to use a lapel mic? What mouse to use? What desktop to use? What keyboard to use? 
all these. I'm going to be talking about all that in this episode. So it's all hardware all the time, plus a little extra bonuses for maybe you coffee lovers and things that you actually not thought about using for your podcast that maybe more for a different industry that you should consider. And so we'll talk about all this and more on the new episode of Digital Coffee. Let's go. Let's first talk about the microphone, the centerpiece to your podcasting. It is the thing that will help you and sometimes hurt you if you get the wrong type of microphone or if you don't really know how to use it very well. There are a few different types of microphones. There's ones that just use the USB input into your computer, which is the most user-friendly and easier to set up. And there's the ones with the XLR input, which you actually have to buy a mixer and a few other equipment to actually get it to work. These are more customizable and it's easier to actually test out your audio and make a little more crisp and clear audio sounds to it. But it's gonna be a little bit more of a know-how on how to use these types of microphones. So choose your weapon is probably the best way of saying this for podcasting because it is really choosing the right microphone for you specifically and how you're going to be recording this. So I'm going to go through some of the microphones that you can buy and specifically talk about the ones that I recommend that I've actually used. So let's get started with the first one, which is the Blue Company or Blue Yeti or Blue Snowballs, two that I actually recommend. There's also the Blue Raspberry. Now let's get into it. Now, Blue is actually owned by Logitech now. They bought them, oh, about last year, and it finally has actually come through. So they're actually part of Logitech now, but... They actually have made some of the most popular microphones for podcasting. Everybody has heard of the Blue Yeti. There's several different colors, several different types of Blue Yetis. Some of them actually have an XLR and a USB input or output for that. And it's really depending on what's your budget. So usually the Blue Yetis run around $120 and they can run up to all the way to about around $230, $250 for the professional one that actually uses the XLR input and that's usually the one that I'm going to recommend for you because of the customizability of doing sound in that way for your pod. Now you see almost every streamer podcaster for a while use this type of microphone because it was an affordable or at least a reasonable price for a microphone with a reasonable sound quality. I've always had a problem with it when I actually used it where I was having a huge problem with just it was picking up every single sound that was coming around. Even in my headphones, I was like, oh, I hope this is not actually going to be coming through the sound. And it actually did. And I was like, dang it. I don't want this in my podcast. Why I have to go through post editing to actually get this out. And so it, it did have a lot of problems. The gain was really high, which was it just really did not help with it. It really frustrated me. Now, granted, I did do a little bit of some mistakes, like put my desktop right next to where I was recording so you could hear the fan every single time, even though I figured out now that you, or along the way, that you just put it in silent mode and so the fan noise goes down. Because as you should know with podcasting, every single little sound that you can hear, your microphone could potentially pick it up depending on the price point and what types of tech is in there as well. Now, for the Blue Yeti that I used that was just a USB input, it did have a nice way of just changing the different modes for your podcasting. It has different modes for the microphone, one that's just you, one that's for interviews that will pick up both on the both ends of the microphone as well. So there's different inputs for it, and there was actually a gain and a volume for your headphones and just the microphone in general, and it was okay. 
I it just the sound quality was okay for what you got. It just it was all around blah. And I kind of wish I had a little bit more out of it, but that's kind of what you pay for is still one of the most popular microphones for podcasting and streaming. And it's not a bad option for it, but there are there are much better options out there for it. There's also the Blue Snowball, which actually is a more affordable option. It's about 40 bucks for this. And it actually is a pretty good mic input for USB. I think it's actually a little bit better quality than the Blue Yeti, even though that one's way more popular. But this one is actually a pretty good alternative if you're still looking for a, more of a blue uh, type of setup. And then the last one that if you're on the go and you need something portable is the blue raspberry. This is a newer one. It's about 250 bucks, which I think is really steep for a portable microphone, which I use a different one, which I'll mention later on for the price point of $250. You can find better portable microphones out there, either the zoom or the Samsung as well. So I just don't really know if the blue is actually good for the price point for $250. It's, it's a very steep option for a portable microphone that could do well or could not do well. I've kind of seen some reviews out there that said that it's okay, but for the price point, it's kind of high. So I would probably lean towards the first two over the last one, which is the raspberry that I just talked about. So the blue Yeti or the blue snowball is the two that I would recommend. I still would recommend the snowball over the Yeti only because the snowball does have just a better sound quality and kind of helps with mitigating a lot of the ambient noise around you. So if you're looking for that type of thing that's easier to just hook up and it will just record when you want to, that's probably one of the recommendations, the snowball over the Yeti. Or if you're going to go for the Yeti, go for the one with the XLR input. It'll have both USB and XLR, which will give you more options. And if you actually want to eventually get into getting a mixer, this you don't have to get a whole new microphone for it. The next one is Sure Microphones. You probably have seen a lot of these on popular podcasts. And it's well known in the audio microphone space as well. There's kind of two of them that I want to go over. One is around a hundred bucks. It's a vocal microphone and the other one's going to be around $400. Now I recommend if you're going to be starting off to get the $400 one. If you have the budget for it, like go ahead and buy it. It's probably one of the best ones to actually get out there. But for a reasonable price, the SM58 is probably the best one for you. It's a vocal microphone. So we'll pick up your vocals pretty well and you won't have to break the bank to actually get it now if you're more of a bigger podcast and you actually get some revenue going for your podcast then the actual $400 one will be the best one for you it is the sm7b is a dynamic microphone you probably see on the joe rogan podcast or any other popular podcast that do video it's a really great microphone and it comes with a stand that kind of hides the cables because cabling can be a little bit more difficult and you kind of want to keep it all looking professional and flush. And a lot of people actually use this because it's a very nice microphone, but it is really expensive. $400 price tag is a little too much for those starting out. And I wouldn't really recommend you actually using the starting out, but it's something to aspire to on your wish list for Amazon. If you actually want to get something that's very nice, that will probably last you quite a while, even though ranging from $100 to $200 microphones will last you a while and they will do you really well as long as you get the right ones. But I at least wanted to put out there for sure microphones because they are really good microphones depending on the price point and the bang for your buck. $400 is a little steep, but if you can afford it, might as well go for the gold on that one. Next up is Audio Technica. Now this is another company that's been around for a while and 
And it's been known to actually have some pretty good microphones that are reasonably priced that actually give you the best output for the price. And I've actually been using and currently using the AT2035. Now this microphone is actually really good and really well. It actually picks up my voice really well. It has more of a one directional. It's not omnidirectional. That's the 2050, but it actually does eliminate a lot of sounds from the side and the back, which is great because a lot of the ambient noise can be picked up from the sides specifically, especially if you're near a window or someplace where you have to go out from a lot of noise can bleed in. So it actually helps cut down a lot of that noise. And it's just a really great microphone for about 150 bucks. Now there is the AT2020, which is the uh, model before the 2035. And there is the 20. 50 and this one is the more expensive one about $230 it has three different functions it has omnidirectional figure eight and cardioid which most microphones for podcasting actually use so you can set it to which different feature you want the omnidirectional will actually help you with interviews as well but it's usually recommended you just get another microphone for interviews because it can be hard and difficult to use one and there could be some sound bleeding between the two of you so it's better to actually get a second microphone for that i recommend the audio technica because it actually is really great company for microphones it gives you the best bang for your buck and the 2010 is the de facto for a lot of beginners it's a nice microphone that is a workhorse and you can take it along with you as well yes the 2035 you can't really take this with you it's not really that portable you could take it with you but I would recommend not hooking it up. So it's not really the portable type of microphone you really want to use. It's more of a fixture of staying at your desk and actually recording it. So there is all those types of things you have to consider for microphones. Are you going to be a little bit more out and about? Then you really want more of a portable microphone that you can grab in your hand and just take it out with you. So the 2010 actually might be the best version for you and that's usually going to be for all the audio technica it's going to be running from about $80 to $230 pick the best microphone for you and also know that if you're going to be portable do get the 2010 because that's going to be the best one for you next up is going to be the samsung microphones and i've actually used the meteor microphone it's more of a portable one it's actually pretty nice it's around 60 bucks so it's actually not that bad of a deal it comes with the usb provided for you and it actually comes with stands or little legs for it so it actually stands on its own so you don't have to worry about buying a stand the sound is actually really good for the portable microphone type of a thing it's a little bit more on the high end than the low bass so you have to take that in consideration it's also just really good for portableness now you uh, what I do is that if I'm on the road or if I actually want to, you know, record a podcast on the road, I take that with the iPad and I stick it in the iPad and I use one of the apps and I record it that way. And it's a really nice, simple setup to actually use. Interviews, I've used it. It's actually not bad for interviews as well. It can pick up the front and the back sounds. So you have to take that in consideration if you're actually going to use it portably. But I highly recommend that one. They also have a newer version called the G-Track Pro, and this one's a little bit more of a plug-and-play type of microphone. That's what I usually say for those that actually use a USB input. So it has basically the same setup as what the Blue Yeti does. It has the volume, the gain control, so you can actually figure out 
how loud you actually want your microphone to be. And it's actually a really good plug and play if you really don't want to mess with different types of levels for your mixer. Now it's going to be a little bit more of a steeper cost. It's going to be around about 150 bucks. But like I said before, if you're actually considering Audio Technica 2035, it's around the same price. And I highly recommend it for just on the go podcasting. If you need to be somewhere or you're traveling and you need to do your podcast episode, this is the best one for you. So the Meteora is the one I recommend. The G-Track Pro is the other microphone that it, it could be good. It could be bad. I haven't actually tried it out, but it's one of the newer ones. And it's a good plug and play type of microphone if you want to go that route. So those are the Samsung ones that I actually recommend for people to actually look at and consider. And I will obviously put this all in my show notes so you guys can look at these through Amazon or wherever and see if you actually want to buy them or not. Now, the next one's from HyperX. Now, this is usually a gaming peripheral company, but their parent company, Kingston, actually makes a lot of PC components as well. And this one is the Squadcast. So it's the HyperX Squadcast. It's the first one they actually make. It's a condenser mic and it uses a USB input as well. It has four different modes. It also has on the top where you can touch it to be mute and unmute. And this is specifically for streamers, but you can actually use this for podcasting as well. It's about 140 bucks. And I usually recommend HyperX headphones because they're one of the best headphones you can actually get for gaming. And this one sounds interesting. I actually haven't used it. It also has a built-in pop filter, but I usually recommend you get an external pop filter because you really want to actually diffuse the P's and the S's because the P's and S's can really hurt people's ears and you don't really want to hurt your listeners ears. So I always recommend an external pop filter, but an internal pop filter can actually help as well to mitigate a lot of the other P's and S's that the external pop filter may miss. So if you're actually looking for something easy and you want something that actually may help with streaming, if you actually want to get into that, the HyperX is another option to go. Like I said before, it's about 140 bucks. I actually haven't tested it out myself, so it looks like it could be good. It looks like it could be bad, but HyperX for headphones wise, and even for the mic that I use for the headphones is actually really good. So I highly recommend it. It's also certified on Discord and TeamSpeak. If you don't know those softwares are, TeamSpeak and Discord are kind of used for gamers to actually chat, voice chat and video chat for the Discord side. So there is that as well. So it's good to actually have those certified if you actually care about the gaming side of it. And moving on from that is the Razer microphone. Now there's two actual versions of this microphone. It's the Siren X and the Siren Elite. Now there's a little bit difference in both of them. The Siren X is a little bit more of a plug and play type of microphone, just like the Quadcast. It has a built-in shock mount. Now it doesn't have a pop filter like the Quadcast does, but it has a shock mount to help dampen a lot of the vibrations that I actually might have. It has zero latency monitoring, so you can monitor yourself while streaming, make sure that your sound is coming out crisp and clear and everybody can hear it. Uh, for podcasting, that's not really a big factor, but for a small form factor microphone, this actually could be good for you as well. Now the Elite version, which is a little bit better, in the production quality and the build. It also has a built-in high-pass filter, which cuts down a lot of low-frequency sounds like air conditionings, computer fans, any ambient noise that could be around you that could actually infiltrate your microphone or sound is something that can actually help eliminate or at least bring it down so you don't actually hear it 
when you're recording. Now, this actually could be good for podcasting, even though it's specifically for streaming. It still could be considered a podcasting microphone. And if you love Razer, it's another great thing. Their black and green is something to be desired. But hey, people love Razer in the gaming industry, so why not use their microphone for podcasting as well? Now, each one of them is a little bit different price. The Siren X is just about a little under 100 bucks, and the Elite is going to be around $200 in price. So check it out. I would kind of recommend more of the more expensive one if you're going to lean towards it that way, but it's really up to you. Now, the next microphone is newer, N-E-E-W-E-R. Now, I've actually used this. It's a $20 microphone, and it's actually not quite bad. It does what you need to do. It's pretty inexpensive. They actually make a lot of other products for podcasting, like the podcasting stand arm and some pop filters as well. I've used it for a while and it's it did me quite well, but I actually wanted to get into something a little bit better like the Audio-Technica so that I went for a little bit more of an expensive microphone that actually could serve me a lot better and build quality is a lot better as well. Uh, the highs and lows were actually pretty good. There really isn't much special with this microphone since it's 20 bucks. So you're looking for something kind of inexpensive and to get you started, this is actually something I recommend. Like I said, I didn't have a problem with it. For the most part, sometimes when I was recording, the levels would be very different from one day to another. I don't know if that was the mixer that I was using or if it was the microphone, but it was something that kind of would scratch my head and going, I don't know, understand why this is doing this. So it's up to you if you actually want to get it. Like I said, it's $20, so you're going to get what you're going to get from a $20 microphone. But you know what? Something to consider, especially when you're starting out, might have a low budget. So this is a good low budget microphone to look at. Now, the next microphone on the list is the Zoom microphones. Now, these are well known for being very portable microphones, and they pick up really dynamic sounds. Their range is really good, and they also been able to you know cut out some of the ambient noise as well depending on which one you get there's the h1n that's the smallest one that can be really helpful for like weddings or podcasts or anything like that it's just a really well put together microphone it has two microphones almost crisscross like this to help pick up as much crisp clear sound as possible the only downside to most of these are is you have to have an sd card that's the biggest downside for it so you have to you know, buy an SD card if you don't, and usually you want a high capacity SD card in general. The next Zoom microphone is going to be the HN4 Pro. This is a multi-track recorder as opposed to the single track recorder from the H1N. And this is going to be able to do multi-different tracks, have two XLR inputs. So if you don't want to use their mics, you can actually use their XLR inputs to give you a little bit more range or even a little bit better in the sound department. But Zoom actually has really good mics in their portable recorders. This one is actually better for recording interviews because you have a multi-track, multi-input interview. So it's going to be easier for you to track this and have more dynamic sound coming from different parts or having different parts of the interview recorded. Now, it still does use the SD card. So be aware of that and use a high capacity SD card. Usually you want one very high end that will do bit rates pretty high because that's what you actually want in a lot of these media files so that is the other one there's usually a plethora of other zoom ones but these are the main ones that 
you should focus on. These two are pretty good depending on what you're going to be using it for. Now, if you're going to be using it for more interviews, I recommend the multi-track one over the single track one just because it's going to have more dynamic sounds out of it and you can use microphone inputs to actually separate those two audios as well. The only real downside is, is that there is no built-in memory, so you have to buy SD cards. If you aren't really familiar with buying SD cards, that could be a problem, but it is recommended that you buy a high capacity as much as you can buy or afford because if you don't, you're going to be running into a lot of issues with memory. Now, these are the microphones that I recommend. This isn't a comprehensive list. There's a plethora of other microphones that you can try out, but these are the main ones, the main ones you should look at. I don't want to give you a complete overhaul comprehensive list because I don't want to scare you on how many microphones there are. This is a good list to go off of. It's a good list of which ones that you should look at, compare, and see if you actually like because every microphone is different and it's different depending on the person. Next, we're going to go into headphones. Yes, the other second important thing, there's several important things to recording a podcast, but the other important one is headphones, the thing you're going to use to hear yourself because you always should hear yourself when you're recording a podcast. Like right now, I have my headphones in because I'm wanting to hear my levels through my headphones to make sure everything is a-okay. And that's what you should be using. Every microphone, even USB or XLR, has an input for headphones. Usually the XLR will have an input for the mixer for the headphones. So that's the main thing why you should get headphones. Headphones are a benefit to you and not a hindrance. So just remember. Now, first up for headphones is going to be Audio-Technica's studio-grade headphones or professional headphones, as they call it. There are several different versions of it, and these are the ones that I want to recommend for everybody because, like I said, Audio-Technica has some of the best audio equipment out there. And this is why it's going to be the first one so far. I'm not saying that Sennheiser or anyone else doesn't have great, but bang for your buck, usually Audio-Technica is pretty good on the price range and the first one we're going off of is the m30x this is a 40 millimeter driver with a kind of a faux leather kind of ear cups so it is nice and comfortable for you it also has some advanced build quality which audio technica says it does so it's going to be nice amplitude and you can actually hear everything you need to hear through these headphones these are going to run around 70 dollars, so it is a little expensive for it but this is one of them and then the next one's going to be the m50x and this has a 45 millimeter large aperture drivers which is going to help with the sound quality it's a little bit bigger than the m30x it does come in various different colors for the m 50x and also has kind of circular design contours around the ears for excellent sound isolation so it's going to help with kind of noise canceling in some ways also has a 90 degree swivel ear cups for easy you know putting on your head because sometimes if they don't it's, it's a little bit harder to put on your head so that's another good thing uh now, the, kind of the difference is from these two is going to be more of the drivers. So the driver is a little bit bigger, which basically means it's going to be a lot more sound quality is going to come out of it. You're going to see it here because you can't really see sound, but you're going to hear a lot more sound quality out of it, which is another great thing. Now, the price is a little bit more expensive. It's around $150 for these. And then the last one is going to be the M60X, and these are more closed back dynamic professional sound monitor headphones. 
These are going to be a lot more for broadcast, but you could still use these for your podcasts as well. These will help keep the low frequencies down so you can actually hear what you need to hear through these. Uh, it has the same drivers as the M50X, which is another good thing. But the main thing between all of these is one, the detachable cable, which is always nice because you can detach it. You won't actually break the cable because can sometimes happen and the memory foam on the m60 is another big thing they're also going to have interchangeable cables so you can pick which cables you actually want for the job that you actually need so there's another thing now this one's 200 so it's a 50 more difference between the 50 and the 60 and if price is a thing i would go to the 30 because the 30 will do just as well as the 50, but the 50 does have a little bit bigger of a driver. So when you're hearing in headphones, drivers do actually matter. And usually the bigger the driver, the more dynamic, the more sounds you pick up, the more you can hear the bass, the more you can hear the trebles, all the other fun stuff that goes on with it. So like I said before, it's depending on your price point, especially next on my list is Sennheiser. They're one of the best companies for headphones. A lot of people love their headphones because they have the most natural dynamic sounds coming out of their headphones. They are more expensive than most headphones that you will actually find out there with usually the same features or even the same sounds, but it's Sennheiser. They stand by their quality and this one is around a hundred dollars. It is pretty lightweight. It's about 285 grams, which is really, really good. Uh, which makes it really lightweight. They say it's ergonomical design, which, uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, it also has more natural tones coming out of it. Uh, this is to kind of help you see, especially for a podcast, if you're actually sounding really good or really not, because sometimes headphones can be deceitful when you're actually listening to it. You're like, wait, I sound like this. But when you actually do hear it from another headphones, you're like, wait, I sound like this. I'm really confused. Uh, so that's another thing that you have to consider. It does have kind of like a imitation of leather. So if you're really, 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 really caring about what goes on in your ears, uh, memory foam might be the better option because memory foam is usually softer and it does help with kind of contouring to your ears and your head, all those other fun stuff that goes with it. Now this, like I said before, this runs about a hundred dollars. So if you're, not looking to spend $100 or more headphones-wise, then Sennheiser is usually not the one for you because they will run a lot higher than most other brands. The next one is One Odie, which is actually I've never heard before. So this is a new one for me as well, but it's also another stereo monitor headphones. And if you're kind of seeing the trend here is that you always want to get the stereo monitor headphones. They're usually the better quality. Uh, this one has a 50 millimeter speaker unit driver, which like I said before, always helps with the high dynamic sounds. The basses are going to be more powerful. The vocals are going to be more clear. You're going to hear a lot of different crisp, clear, high tones and notes. You're also going to get the soft cushion ear cups so they're not really going to be leather or memory foam but they're still going to be soft they're still going to wear them for hours and be okay with it there is going to be kind of the same material on the top to help you with your head as well there's also noise cancellation for it or noise isolation as it calls so it's going to help with kind of the ambient noise around you you're not going to be able to hear it as much which is always a good thing uh, you're also going to have dual duty cables so you can 
put one cable in one thing, one cable in another thing. So if you love to hear two different sounds at the same time, you can actually do that. One on the left, one on the right. So I guess that's a good thing. I think it might help for more DJing to make sure that all the sound and mixing goes into uh, something simultaneously really well. But I don't really see this really working for podcasting unless you're doing interviews and you really want to hear the interviewer at the same time. So this is kind of an interesting way of looking at it. If you want to do more interviews, this actually could be good for you hearing what your interview is actually talking about in one ear and hearing yourself in the other ear because you should always be listening to your podcast while you're recording it. Now, that being said, it is a little bit more for the millimeter for the driver, which is always a good thing. And it's actually pretty inexpensive. It's about $33, which actually is not bad. So this is more of the budget that I was talking about. If you're looking for a really good budget headphones, one ODI, I think is that's how you say it. I'm, I'm going to put all this stuff in the show notes, but one ODI is the one you should be looking at for good sound quality, but affordable price. Next up is AKG and their headphones for studio quality as well. Now, I've used some AKG headphones. I actually got one with my Note 9, and it is actually really good. It did noise cancel a lot of things. It did have a really good tone to it when I'm listening or watching movies. So that, that's the plus side of it. Now, these ones, they're actually not that expensive but they are a little expensive about $60 for it it doesn't really tell me the driver that's behind it so it's another thing that could be eh, I don't really know if I should or shouldn't get it there's a three millimeter replaceable cable which is a plus side it's semi-open and these are specifically for DJing or podcasting or broadcasting as well now my little concern about it is that the driver isn't really mentioned anywhere which is another negative thing because you really want to know what type of millimeter drivers in your headphones but AKG as one headphones that I've tried out is really good the highs and the mids and the bass all really come together in a nice well balanced but not too overpowering bass way which is always good because I don't really want the bass overpowering me but I want the treble or the mids kind of overpowering the bass I kind of want it all smooth and what and just together because that's that's what makes it really really good but these are ones that you should look at if you're looking for something a little unique in the design of it, but also just looking for not cheap, but not really, really expensive headphones. Next up is Marshall. If you don't know Marshall, Marshall's pretty well known in more of the music side of the industry with their amps for guitars and electric guitars. They're pretty good. They're usually pretty good. They've kind of gone more into more of the consumer side of it with stereos boom boxes and headphones and these headphones are monitor headphones as well they have a detachable cable and a 40 millimeter handmade driver which is kind of weird to say because i don't know anybody that actually makes their drivers by hand but apparently marshall does make their drivers by hand but if it's one that you want to know is well known in the music industry this is the one for it now they have a custom ftf filter system these are basically inserts that Marshall creates that kind of filter out the treble, which is, I guess, a fancy way of helping the treble not be so loud and kind of filtering between the treble, the mids, and the bass. So if you want something like that where you have to replace a bunch of things, you can go with it. Uh, 
usually Marshall, when they make these types of things, they're actually really good. So it's not a terrible idea to actually get it, but you're probably going to run around probably a hundred bucks for these things or even more towards the 150 range for these. So like I said, if I was leaning towards it personally, I probably would get the Audio Technica over the Marshall, but the Marshalls are always good. And if you kind of want a really good vintage-ish style or a Marshall style, which is kind of looks like kind of like a leather-ish on the sides of it, this is the one for it. It's something to consider, but like I said before, a 40 millimeter driver isn't the biggest. And for $150, it's kind of a high range for a 40 millimeter driver, even if it is handmade or not. You can get a bigger driver from Audio Technica for a roughly around the same price or actually a little bit bigger because the 50X has a 45 millimeter driver. So it's depending, bang for your buck, it seems like Audio Technica might be the best way of doing it. But if you like style and kind of more handmade things, Marshall's the best one for you. Now, the next ones are going to be a little unorthodox, but they're going to be the HyperX headphones or headsets they're usually made for gamers but i've noticed that hyperx does make really good quality headphones and they can be inexpensive and the hyperx cloud stinger is around 50 dollars for this one it is very lightweight i've used it before very lightweight you don't even notice it's on your head a lot of times it also has a 50 millimeter directional driver for audio and the audio is really good. Now it does have a microphone already attached to it, but you can lift it up to turn off the mic, which is always handy. It does have a volume control on it and it does allow you to have a 90 degree angle on those ear cups. Now the ear cups are going to be kind of a soft pleather type of a thing, but they are very comfortable. I've used them for hours upon hours. They say memory foam, I guess you could call it memory foam if you want to. I can't really, you know, talk about that because I don't, to my feeling, it kind of felt like leather, but they say, they claim it's uh, memory foam. So let's go with that. But it is a good thing. And they do really work really well as your headphones. Like I said, 50 bucks is actually not a bad price for these. Now the next ones are going to be the wireless ones that I'm actually currently using. And they last up to 30 hours for wireless. They also do have a, detachable cable for audio so you can put it into your mixer if you want or your microphone in general it has does have a detachable mic which is a little bit more of a benefit now these used to run 160 dollars with 120 dollars right now on amazon and once again it does have that 50 millimeter driver and the sound quality is superb to me i hear just about every single thing that's going on when i'm playing games or listening to somebody it comes out crisp and clear the mic is actually really good as well. I've had no problems with it, but it's very crystal clear when I'm hearing things, especially on the wireless part. Because a lot of times I try to get wireless equipment because there's too many cables running in my desk and I really want to cut down on the cables just to make it a little bit more you know, nice looking. But yeah, I've gotten about 30 hours. It is lightweight as well i want to say that i haven't had too much of an issue of ear strain or head strain or neck strain from it as well now it does light up red when you turn it on so at least you know is it's on there is a volume control on it as well which is another great thing for it. it is certified by teamspeak and discord for the microphone and compatible with skype if you want to use that mic instead i don't really prefer that you use it specifically but the headphones and the sound quality in general is one of the best 
and I highly recommend it if you're looking for something that's going to be both for gaming and for podcasting at the same time. This could be your go-to. And the last one from HyperX is the HyperX Cloud Revolver S. It has Dolby 7.1 surround sound, but once again, it's going to have the 50 millimeter driver like all the rest it does have more of a steel frame than the other plastic frames as well it's going to have the memory foam because memory foam does usually feel better it usually helps with the strain on everything else that you're doing especially if you're wearing these for hours like i am on podcasts sometimes when i'm recording and or mixing when i'm mixing my actual podcast together and make it sound really as best i can but these are some of the best headphones for gaming and they will actually work really well with podcasting it. So if you really need something that's going to be, like I said before, dual, this is the best. Or if you just want premium headphones that are something different, HyperX is another great alternative. Now the next one comes from Blue. Yes, the same company that makes microphones that everybody uses or a lot of podcasters and streamers use. They also have one headphone that's actually really expensive. It's about $400 for this thing, but they have its own pre-built amp, which they claim is for true high fidelity sound on any device. It still does have a 15 millimeter driver. So it's another thing to look at because drivers always matter. And like I said before, the HyperX 50 millimeter driver has some of the best sounds that I've actually heard. Now they say they has sealed over ear designs for immersive isolation. So this is probably to help with sound ambient sounds around you. So it isolates those sounds so you can hear what you're hearing, which is always good for podcasting and also playing games or listening to music. Now it has, as they call it, race car inspired multi-joint head band design. Is to help with comfort and ease and, you know, not always putting all the weight on your head or your ears and helping with, you know, diffusing it all together. I don't really like the design personally, but it's always up to you. But the $400 price tag is a little extreme when I can buy just as good headphones from HyperX, AKG, even Sennheiser is actually cheaper than what Lou is doing, or even Audio-Technica. I can get premium audio technica for a lot less than this so i think it's a steep price but if you're looking for something unique dynamic and has a really good sound it's a good one for you but i think 400 bucks is a little steep especially if you're starting out but it does have a built-in amp which is another upside to it which also adds to the cost of it next up is lynx pro this is another headphones that you should actually look at if you want to look for good headphones at a reasonable price these ones are going to range from about 40 which is it has 10 and 50 which is the has 15 and they all are a little bit different not too much i mean there's very few differences between them the design looks different from the 10 to the 15 but they all have kind of a closed back over the ear headphones they all have the what they call the magnet system, which offers dynamic response. So basically better sounds coming out of it. Uh, they also have stainless steel arms on it. The main difference is that the 15 has a detachable cable, which is always good. Also, it actually shows that the 15 has a 45 millimeter driver, which the other one does not say at all, which is another kind of you might want to actually spend the extra $10 to get that 
actual driver because if it doesn't really say the driver, sometimes it's not really that great of a driver if they aren't mentioning it at all. It's kind of a marketing thing. If you don't have a great driver, you just don't mention it. But this has a 45 millimeter one, the HAS 15. Out of the two, I would say just, you know, spend the extra 10 bucks to get the $50 one. It kind of gives you a little bit more of a dynamic range in sound. And I think it actually looks better, to be honest with you. Plus, the detachable cables is always a nice plus. But it's up to you. This one also comes with a carrying pouch. So if you travel with this, you can. It's if you're, you know, traveling to go in a, to interview, that's also a great thing. But the Lynx Pro is another good thing to look out for because of the price of it. 40 to 50 bucks is not a bad price for headphones. Like I said, the blue one's 400 bucks, and that's probably the most expensive one I'll put on my list because you got to have those different price points. But I usually like to look at the more affordable ones that you can get the best sound quality out of. And mostly the ones on the list are the, you know, mid-range prices that give you the best sounds. Next are mixers, and these are still one of the most important part of your podcast if you're going to go the XLR route. Now, I usually recommend the XLR route because you get a little bit more of control over how you sound over just USB controls. USB controls are great, but they give you very limiting control over how you sound, and this one gives you a lot more versatility in that now i actually use the yamaha mg series line i got the 06 which is a six input it also has a phantom power built into it and it has effects built into it as well it has two inputs for microphones and for instruments if you're looking into playing instruments it does not have a usb as i found out mistakenly looking for a usb mixer which was an unfortunate mistake, but I will gladly, you know, take those mistakes and give it to you guys that make sure when you're buying it, you know, it has a USB input. Now the MG10 does have the USB input and all the same features that the uh, 06 has just 10 inputs instead of six inputs is a little bit bigger. So if you're kind of sparse on desk space, you might want to go for the six, but also remember if you're going to go for the six, you got to find a way to put the mixer into your computer and the mixer cannot do it by itself. Now there's a better one. If you're looking for the USB and that type of easy one with a smaller confined size with the Behringer Q80. Now they call it a premium, but you know, I'll take that with a grain of salt, but it allows you to do about the same things the Yamaha does, but it gives you a USB input, which basically cuts down on the rest of it. Now I will say that this doesn't actually have uh, instrument inputs at all for this one. So you're out of luck on that. It just gives you more inputs for headphones and stereo outputs in general. It does have all the other gains, feeds, bass, treble, all those other lows and highs and all those other fun stuff in the XLR connectors. So there is that. But the main thing about this one is that it does give you the USB input. And I think that's actually really great because, like I said, I have to have another thing just to put it into my computer and that's a positive in my book in general. But I love my Yamaha. I will not say I don't love it. I actually really do like my Yamaha. It's a great little engine that can. And it has a lot of good things that I need, especially for the Phantom Power built into it. That's another thing I don't have to actually 
buy and set up. So there are pros and cons to both of them. And this is actually a really great setup for me as of right now. Now the cost of the Yamaha is gonna be for the 06 or the six input, $125. And the 10 is gonna be about $200 for those units. Now the Behringer is about $120, but it's actually on sale right now for 90. So it's about the same price as the Yamaha. So it's pretty price competitive. It's just depending on what you like the most. I would prefer the Yamaha because they're a little bit more well-known, but the Behringer is just as good. If you think you can like that one, it is a little bit different design, not too much, but a little bit different. I just think the Yamaha has a little bit more versatility, plus with their premium effects and drivers part of it, it just sounds a lot better to me. And this is a very personal opinion, so take that with a grain of salt. Next up is the Mackie Mix 8. This is an eight input mixer. This does not have a USB port, so you're gonna have to get something else. Does have a two mic, two line input for what they call studio level audio quality. It does have EQ controls, three band EQ controls as well. So it actually helps with, you know, getting a little bit more of that clean, pristine podcasting sound that you want to. It also has one auxiliary send with stereo one fourth quarter inch returns. So if you need that to, you know, put it into a headphone amp, that's a good way of doing it as well. Uh, now, like I said, this doesn't have the phantom power, but this does have EQ. This is very slim. So it's going to be a little bit slimmer than the Yamaha, but the Yamaha has a little bit more features than it. So it's always going to be depending on what you want. If you want a slim design, Mackie's for you. If you want to use more USB than Yamaha or Behringer is going to be the other one for you as well. So it all depending on what you want. Mackie is another great one to actually get. This is more of an eight channel mix than the 610 or the other 61 from Behringer as well. This roughly runs around you know, about a hundred bucks. It's a little bit cheaper than the Yamaha and the Behringer, but there is some things lacking from it. So like I said, if you're looking for a budget, this is not a bad one to go to. I would still recommend more of the Yamaha side of it because of just the extra features and kind of the sound drivers and also the another dynamic range of EQs that they actually deliver is a little bit more than this one. But they're both really good overall. Cannot complain with either one. It's just whichever you prefer. And I prefer the Yamaha specifically. Next on the list that you should actually at least look and research or try out or at least look at Amazon is the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 or the 2i4. Then these are the two input mic. And these are usually pretty much what everybody recommends, especially right out of the gate. These aren't actually bad. They have knobs for gains on microphones, which to me is is okay because you can get some gains, but it doesn't really have that level of sophistication on the actual hardware this is going to be more for the software side of it these aren't terrible i mean everybody is loving these things and i totally agree that this actually look really great these have super low round tip latencies for use in your plug-in real time without the need for dps which is another good thing because the less you need for latency and the less you need for redundancies in your sound the better it is but I mean, just from looking at it, the unfortunate part is, is that there isn't really too much of control inputs on the actual unit itself. I'm not saying this is a terrible unit, but it's just, it's one of the 
I think detractors for me, but it does have a USB input. So you could actually use this to piggyback off of a mixer that doesn't have it as well. It's compatible with Windows and Mac, so it's another positive thing as well. It does have Pro Tools included from Focusrite and their Creative Pack, so it can help you with kind of more of those audio perfection if you want to get better at your audio. Now, you can get this without the mixer, and this is probably... I would say like the the in between between a mixer and a USB mic in general. So if you're looking for a little inexpensive, it's not really that much cheaper than going with the mixer itself. Then the uh, Focusrite is there for you. Now the 2i2 is 160 and the 2i4 is 180. So the $20 price difference so between you and me, I you probably should just get the 2i4 because it's, it's about the same thing. But, I mean, it's really up to you. What do you want to get? This has a lot of nice pro tools involved with it, which is another nice thing. If you don't really want to get, like, auditions or you don't want to mess with Audacity, even though those both are great tools to use, is another addition to you. So there is kind of a more... Um, incentives to actually get this because of the pro tools behind it but that makes it a little bit more expensive from looking at it without much of like knobs or controls right out of the gate you're using this through the software next one on my list is the alto audio mixers i actually had the alto audio mixer the little small one it did a good job for what I needed it to do. It was a five channel, two bus mixer, had a little knob for the volume. It had a one mic input. So make sure that if you're not doing any interviews, this is the best one for you. The downside is that this does not have a phantom power built in. It does not have any audio effects built in. It is a very basic audio mixer. It will get the job done. It's $50, so it's not that bad of a price. I still would prefer the Yamaha one just because it gives you a little extra but you're gonna it's gonna cost you it's gonna give you a little extra oomph to it, a little extra features to it but if you're just looking just to start you don't have a ton of money to spend this is probably the best one for you they also have a six channel one still doesn't have any USB inputs but it does have two mic inputs so if you're looking to do a co-host this is probably the better option for you because if you don't have that extra mic input it's gonna cause you trouble but understand that if you don't have a USB input, you're going to have to find another way of doing it, which later in the show, I'm going to tell you the ones to get to actually put the analog mixer into a digital mixer because there is ways of doing it. It takes a little bit more equipment, but these two are great. Now, the six channel one is $80, so there's a $40 difference, which seems a little steep, but if you're looking for just a little mixer to get you started. This is probably the best one. The five channel one at least is the best one for you. Now the next one is supposed to be a little bit more for gaming and streaming, but like I said before, you can use all these for podcasting. It is the Go XLR mixer. The thing that's interesting about this one is, is that it can actually do mixing and sampling. Also has some audio or auto tune options to it so you can do a megaphone you can do a robot all in real time it also has some colors so it's rgb because gaming's all about rgb that's one of the things about gaming is it's very rgb it has four different up and down knobs for mic 
music and a bunch of other things it also has buttons and knobs on the right hand side for inputs and effects or eqs it has a mute sound and a mute mic so it's easier to do that as well it's just a nice little setup but it is a, it is a little pricey i'm not gonna lie it's $400 for this one, so it's not that expensive. On the back side is that you have your controller input, your power, your mic, your headphones, your XLR. Everything's in the back, and there's a USB as well. So it is a little nice little contained space, and it's not very big. You can put it actually above your keyboard, too, and you can light it up with your keyboard if you're that type of gamer or person. However, like I said before, it's $400 for this. I can give you in... A later episode, we're going to go over software, some voice mod software that you can use that's either free or 15 bucks for a lifetime. It's a lot cheaper than this one. But if you're looking for an all-in-one, not just for streaming, but for podcasting, this is a good one for you. Unfortunately, it only has one XLR input, so you cannot use this for interviews in studio or in your office or in your room. You're going to have to do more of a Skype or squadcast or any one of those you have to use that for it but go xlr is a good alternative for you now the next one is made by rode it is the roadcaster pro audio mixer yes that's right rode has been known for making really good microphones they're usually pretty expensive but they also make audio mixers and this one is actually really good for pro podcasting a little bit bigger for podcasting show or ones that have more than one co-host on there it also has a micro sd card so you can actually run it all through this mixer so that's another benefit for it, it has a usb connection it also shows you your audio through the mixer it has a record button has levels for each one of the microphone inputs and there's four of them it also has levels for your headphones and there's four different knobs for that also has instant fx and music playback as well through its eight programmable keys it also has a 48 volt phantom power which is always great to see it also has an ability to do phone calls through the mixer through trrs or bluetooth it also has ability to stream live so there is a lot of great features with this and great functions with this. However, it does come at a cost at $600. It wasn't $400, it was $600. That was the last one. But it's still quite expensive for what you're getting out of this. And the only thing I can see that people are actually using this for is if you're a big show or you're really focusing on going live. But there are other ways and cheaper ways of going live. This just helps keep it all condensed. Now, I do appreciate that it's... Everything is nice and neat and little. And there's four inputs for your headphones right there. There's four inputs for your microphones on the back. Everything's in the back. There's even two ways of doing speakers for right and left channels. So it does everything really well. It is actually really neat. Nice little neat mixer. And it's one of the things that I actually think about getting myself eventually. Or maybe when a new one comes out. Because they're always coming out with new and better ones. Like I said before, this one is very well put together, but the price tag will stop many of you, including me. It's a $600 price tag, so keep that in consideration, but it looks a very like a very good, well thought out, well put together 
mixer that can do just about anything that any other mixer can do and more. So check it out. I have everything in my lists for Amazon. So you can check it out and see if this is the something that is worth it for you. Next on my list is more for people that need a little extra equipment for their mixer. So I actually use the pile. It's basically a headphone amplifier. It has four different inputs for headphones. So this is in case you have, well, someone like a co-host or more than one co-host there, you can actually have different inputs for their levels. They can actually hear it. There's four different inputs and four different knobs to control the levels on each one of the headphones so everybody can hear themselves nicely and cleanly. It's actually very inexpensive. It's about $21, so it's actually not bad. It actually is does quite well for me. I actually have it just in case I'm going to have a co-host every once in a while. It's always good to have a different inputs for each different uh, microphone. And so I actually recommend this because it's inexpensive and it works really well. So check it out. If you're actually looking for to do co-host, you want to have each different mic inputs and your mixer doesn't actually allow for that. Or if you have kind of more of a USB type mics, it actually helps with those as well. And the last part of my mixer roundup is ones or an input for mixers that are not USB ready. And there's some out there, mostly the cheaper ones usually aren't USB ready. So you can actually use the Behringer U-Control, which actually allows your analog mixer to be digital through it. And it gives you a nice little input for it, has a nice little way of doing it. And like I said, it's not too expensive, about 30 bucks. So it's not too bad for it, but this is the way you can actually do it to make your analog into digital because there's really isn't very many ways unless you want to get the specific mixer that actually has the digital input and usually those can run a little bit more expensive sometimes they can't sometimes they can it really depends but this is more of the cheaper way of doing it so make sure that if you're actually going to do that that you actually have a way to hook it up to your computer and this is one of the ways of doing it it's about 30 bucks so it's not too expensive but like I said, sometimes it adds up if you just do from analog to digital. Like I said, everything is within budget, so make sure that you're budgeting for extra equipment and you have enough space on your desk for extra equipment because like I said, all this adds up in money and space. So check it out. It's only for 30 bucks. Like I said, I'm going to have all these in nice little groups from my show notes so you can go to Amazon, pick it out, look at it. It's going to be easier for you because... Having to remember all these things can be hard sometimes, but I get it. So that's the next, that's the last one for the audio mixers plus accessories for it. Now, moving on to mic stands. Now you have all your inputs ready. You're almost about ready to go, but you need to figure out a way to make it stand up because you just can't keep on holding this thing, especially if it's not one of those handheld microphones. So there's a few ways you can actually make these microphones stand by themselves. <laughs> Get it? It's a little joke, stand by themselves. Anyways, let's move on to it. And Newer has an isolation shield with a tripod stand. Now, what an isolation shield is, is basically uses kind of audio padding to make sure that when you're talking to it, all it does is get that isolation for the sound. You won't hear any sound because it's isolating everything else but the microphone around it. It's just going to be you facing the microphone and everything else around it's going to be dissipating the sound. So it's actually a really good way of, you know, kind of making your home room or office 
kind of soundproofing it in some way, but not really fully soundproofing the whole room because that can actually be a lot of money. It's about 40 bucks for this. It looks pretty nice. I mean, newer does make some pretty good equipment for podcasting. And this is one way if you want to make sure to make your sound sound the best is using an isolation shield. Now, the next one is the Ion Gear, and this is more of a suspension microphone arm. I use a microphone arm. I think it's great because I can actually put the microphone away if I don't need it. I can rearrange it whenever I need to. Stands, they're great for what they're able to do, but I just prefer microphone arms because they just are a lot more handy and versatile in what they can do. So it's really up to you and what you can handle and what your space is. I just prefer microphone arms. So this is another one on my list for things to get or to consider with it. Now, this one in general for the Ion Gear is 60 bucks for it. So it's a little steep in pricing. You can find a little bit cheaper arms, but like I said, sometimes the more expensive it is, the more durable it is. Sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes it does look very nice and clean. There's two different colors, looks like. So, like I said, it's really up to you what you want to get. And the next one is from Blue, and it's called the Premium Tube Style Broadcast Arms. It's more for blue type microphones, but it can really fit anything. You just need the adapter for a little nut in there. So, that also comes with an XLR 20 feet cable. So there is another thing for that. It looks like you can hide the cable through the arm as well. So it's another kind of added benefit to it. It does come with a pop filter, but I don't like those pop filters that it comes with, which I will actually be talking about those as well later in the show. I know this is going a little long. It's a little bit about an hour, but stick with me. I'm giving you the most comprehensive I can get for podcasting, at least for the audio side of it. And then we're going to go on for other ones next week but this one is about 115 dollars for this one it does look very nice it does look very clean and you're paying for it as well so if you like blue equipment this is another one for you this is the same blue company that makes the microphones so check it out if you want to like i said it does have a hidden channel cable management so it's another one it also says it has friction hinges and the ability to you know use standard shock mounts. So like I said, you pay for what you get. Sometimes this is another one. If you actually really care about the clean style of your setup, this is another one for cable management. If you don't care as much, then you might want to go for a little bit more cheaper models, but that's the blue compass premium shock arm or microphone arm. Next up is a little bit pricier microphone isolation stand but there's a reason for it. Now it's a little bit bigger than the newer, but it also comes with a little arm insert for putting a tablet there. So if you want to kind of record standing up and you want to have your tablet there with your notes, this is probably a little bit better one for those. It's a little bit more for, let's say, recording or singing, but it also can be used for podcasting. Like I said, isolation shields can actually be really good thing for podcasting but like i said everything comes with a price it's about 120 dollars. it does do free shipping on amazon but it's 120 dollars. it always folds up nice and neatly and every isolation shield does do that it comes with a nice long microphone stand 
as well. It also comes with the shock mount, but you don't have to use the shock mount if you want to. If you have your own custom shock mount with your microphone, you can just use that one as well. But like I said, this is actually comes in handy if you want to clamp on your smartphone, your tablet, anything like that to make sure that you have your notes there. You can just, you know, press record and be like, get away from me, computer. I just want to do this by myself, hot take it, whatever you want to do. And this could be a good one for you. But like I said, it does come with the priciness to it or priciness price tag with it. So, you know, what? if you need a isolation shield, that's a great one for you. If you're in more of a noisy area, this is probably another good one for you as well. So just check it out. It's going to be, like I said before, it's going to be in an idealist. So you guys can check out all of these in one nice little spot. Next one, it's going to be an foldable tripod. It's going to be three legs. It's a little nice and easy tripod. It's about 10 bucks for this one. There's not really much, but it's foldable. It's a little small one. So it's a nice little stand on your desk for your microphone. And you're gonna have to have the shock mount or whatever else holder for the microphone as well. It just comes with the stand. It's nice little easy. It does have a little adapter nut for it. So if you do, you don't actually have to buy an extra one because sometimes you do, but it's a nice little neat one for podcasts. If you just want to like a little nice little stand, like you said, I still prefer the microphone arms because it's a nice little way of extending it and then putting it back. Nice little neat way, but check it out. It's only 10 bucks. It's not too much. It's a nice little way of doing it. There's also another one newer has a desktop microphone stand as well. It's also foldable. It's got three little arms. It's about 10 bucks as well. Um, these are all going to be about the same. There's not really too much difference on, on this one. This one actually has uh, non-slip feet and it's also the feet are just completely independent of each other so that's another one to actually look into uh, i think i actually got this one or similar something to it and it's actually not that bad it's pretty easy to set up and take down it's a nice little uh, ergonomic i guess when you actually collapse it so there it is for you it's only 10 bucks you can get, also get the one for nine bucks it's a silver one I don't understand why one's cheaper than the other, but people like black. All black is more expensive, apparently. But like I said, if you're looking for a cheap one, that's another one as well. There's also an adjustable microphone stand. And this one has a circular base instead, and it's about 12 bucks. There is a one a little bit more expensive for some odd reason, and it's $15. Sometimes it's they're just cheaper, I mean, more expensive and cheaper because of the color most of the time. Some colors are actually more expensive than others, and that's kind of a weird thing but like i said they look about the same it's just the color difference and the black one's cheaper this time so if you like all black at it and it's a circular base instead of uh little legs having it stand up so check it out it's about 12 bucks it's not too expensive now this is the one that i actually use the newer adjustable microphone suspension boom or the arm and I actually use it. It's quite well. It actually has like a little like screw system that you actually tighten and loosen. There's no screwing in to your desk. Specifically, if you have a desk like mine that's a whiteboard desk. You don't want to screw in the top of the desk. So this one actually works quite well. I've had no problems with it whatsoever. It's only about 13 bucks, which is actually a really good deal for a suspension arm. I like suspension arms, like I said before, because you can actually... You know, put it away when you need to, put it out when you need it, put it close to you. It's easy to use. It's easy to work with. 
I always recommend this, but I also guys wanted to give you a kind of a spread of what else you could do for microphone arms. So this one's 13 bucks. It's not actually a bad price for it. And a little bit more expensive one, which is going to be the Rode PSA one. This is about a hundred bucks for this one. It is kind of more of a screwable insert instead of what I was using instead. It's a really heavy duty, nice microphone arm or boom arm as they call it. It's swivelable, but also mostly everyone has a swivel on this. Even the newer is swivelable. So if you're looking for something that is a high quality design or you like road that much, this is the one to get as well. It's, it's very nice. I actually haven't used it. I used the newer one, but either one's gonna be good. So don't fret about it. If price is an issue, get the newer one because it is pretty cheap and inexpensive and it is very good build quality. That's it for the mic stands. I just want to give you guys a spread to figure out which one's right for you. Next up is accessories that you actually might need for your podcasting, either cables, audio cables, pop filters, and windscreen. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit because they're all very important, especially for pop filters and windscreens but also for powering it, cables, audio cables, uh, headphone jack inputs to make your headphone jacks bigger or smaller if you need to. Usually it's going to be bigger because they need the bigger uh, input for a lot of these mixers. So let's get into it. First up is the pop filter, the Pemo Tech one. I'm actually using it right now. It's really good, actually. It keeps it or suspends it on the microphone. It's kind of more of a flush because it's all black, but a flush way. It's got three layers for the pop filters. Now, if most of you don't understand pop filters, they actually help with the P's, the S's. So when you do that without a pop filter, it, it really does hurt people's heads a little bit because it's it's a really loud like vibration of the P's and the S's because it's very rough and aggressive on the ears. This helps diffuse a lot of the sounds so you can actually hear better and it won't hurt when you're actually have headphones on. So I actually recommend this one. Now how to suspend it is through two elastics. They give you two extra elastics as well. You put it around the microphone and it stays there really well. I've actually used it for about a week now and I actually like it quite a bit. It's only about 10 bucks for this one. So it's actually not too expensive. So that's another one to actually consider. I actually recommend this one over the next one I'm gonna do, which is the Dragon Bad six inch microphone studio pop filter. It's a circular one and you have to clamp it down with a screw. I've used it and it's really difficult to actually put on. I've been kind of annoyed with it, trying to put it on and like have it over the microphone and not move. And it's just, it's not very clean. It sometimes the, cause there's a little like extension cable that you can twist and turn. And sometimes it doesn't really twist and turn to the way I want it. So it got me really frustrated, but it does help with the P's, the B's, the S's sounds. Now it's about 15 bucks. So I would actually get the other pop filters because it's cheaper, but if you actually prefer that one where you can actually move it around and have a little bit more versatility, this is the one for you. Also, the other pop filter is the Audio Phoenix or Audio Phoenix. It's about 20 bucks. It's a double layer pop filter. So it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but like I said, I don't like the circular ones because they're very annoying to actually try to put into place. That's kind of my problems with a lot of these. But like I said, I want to give you guys an option to figure out which one's the best one for you. But I actually recommend the more, you know, 
curved rectangular one that goes around your microphone and stays in place. And I don't have to keep on moving the little extension cable thing to try to get it to actually work. So that's, that's, that's what I say about it. But like I said, I want to give you as much options as I can. So you can pick out the right one for you. Now, windscreens are usually for if it's getting windy and you actually need kind of the wind to go down. So windscreens are good for more outdoor. It can be pop filters if you want, but I, you want to get a dedicated pop filter. Now do not use both. That is a big mistake and it can actually hurt your audio quality a little bit more, but if you're going to be outside pop filters, are I mean, windscreens are the way to go and you can get a five pack for five bucks. You can also get a colored pack for 12 bucks. Apparently it's more expensive. If you have colors, if you have multiple uh, microphones and you just want to keep these, you know, in line in order and color coded, this is probably the better one for you. It's a 10 pack for that for about 13 bucks. But like I said, this is for more for outside use or for a place where it's really windy. So it could actually be if you're in a warehouse for whatever reason you're in a warehouse for, that's the way to go for it. But I usually recommend those for outside, not inside because it can be windy and wind can actually make your sound distorted. So be unaware of that, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of outdoor events, get a windscreen over a pop filter. If you're going to be indoors, pop filter over windscreen. Now moving on to audio cables. If you need an audio cable to actually hook up to, like I said, the pile audio headphone amp, uh, this is the best way to go. Just get these pop them in and you're, you're good to go. It's just another way of, you know, making sure you guys know what you're getting into because sometimes you don't and sometimes you actually need help. That's a way to go. Also, I put in the, you know, the adapt, the jack adapter to put it into a three, 6.35 millimeter plug to a three and a half millimeter stereo. So that's the way for standard ones you put into your smartphones. If your smartphone still allows for headphone jacks, you now put this into a mixer because the mixer does, does take the bigger ones and the, the headphone jack amp does take the bigger audio jack. So this is another one. These are about four bucks. They're not too bad, but it's another one you need. And now XLR. Now there's a few ways of getting different XLRs. I'm actually putting the braided cable XLR and now, and just the regular kind of plasticky rubbery um, cable for it. Now the difference is, is that braided cables do last longer because they're a little bit more durable and the, you know, Plasticky rubbery ones do last a while, but the braided ones will last a lot longer because braided cables have a have a better uh, quality to it. You w- most people know this, especially for gaming, because a lot of gaming mice and keyboards have braided cables instead of the regular rubber cables. But it's up to you. The braided cable is fifteen dollars, and the regular cable is about six bucks for six feet cable like i said it's up to you how much you want to spend but i would prefer you get the braided cable because of the durability of it i almost forgot this microphone for some odd reason but i actually want to put it in later into the episode because i was trying to actually edit it and i was like "Mm, it's not gonna work but i want to talk about the rode microphone it's the rode procaster broadcast dynamic microphone it is about 230 bucks so it's really expensive but it's One that is actually a really good microphone. A lot of podcasters, especially ones that are popular, actually use this. It also allows you to, you know, create better 
podcasting episodes through it. I'm not saying that my Technica isn't worse than this one, but it does have an internal pop filter, which does minimize a lot of the P's and the S's and the B's. So there's another one. Even if you have an internal pop filter, do get an external pop filter. It does help with that. So there is a lot of different ways of minimizing a lot of those P's and S's. It also has a high dynamic output and also helps with the frequency and making sure that your voice sounds the best through the microphone, but you're going to pay a little bit for it. So it's about 230 bucks for this. It's very nice. It's a very nice microphone and internal pop filter does actually help with, you know, making sure that your podcast doesn't hurt the ears because the ears can hurt with the P's and the S's, like I said before. Now, it uses an all-metal construction, so it's a very high-quality, durable construction as well. And it's something to consider if you have the budget for it. Now, like I said, you can get a $150 one like I did, and it sounds just as good as the Procaster, but the Procaster does have a little bit more features than my Audio-Technica does. So... It's really up to you on what microphone. Now, moving on to where you're actually going to be recording this or where you're going to save that data that you recorded these audio files for. There are several different ways of doing it on the go ways and also just a desktop version way as well. So we're going to get into this in a little bit because I guys, I want to make sure that you guys understand like just how much goes into planning podcasts, not just the writing down and figuring out what you're going to say, but also where are you going to put this, what mics to use, what stands to use, all this fun stuff. So let's get into it. For those Android users, I kind of recommend the Galaxy Tab SE, S5E, excuse me. It's a 64-bit one. Samsung's usually one of the best or premier Android makers out there. Yes, they do make Android phones and tablets as well. It's a very low profile one. You can use different audio apps for this as well, which I'm going to get into in another episode, but it's one I recommend for your Android users because I don't want to leave you guys out. I am an Android user for my phone. I have a Samsung Note 9, so I understand. I need to give you options because not everybody loves Apple. I have no complaints about Apple. Really, they're fine for what they do, but this is an alternative for it. Uh, next one is going to be iPads. I recommend either getting an iPad Pro, the new one. The reason why is because if you actually have USB-C inputs, the new iPad Pro does have that as well. So you can actually use only one input for all of it. Now, there is different versions of this. I want to recommend more of the 11-inch iPad Pro Wi-Fi 256 gig. Now it's going to be around $1,000 for this one, but also uses the new Apple Pencil, which is a very handy pencil to get. So there is that. That's that's one of them I recommend because it has the latest tech for iPads. This is usually pretty good. You can also write notes on it. But for those that can't afford the latest iPad Pro, I also recommend the mini because it's a very small, lightweight one. They just released the new minis, so it does have an updated version of all the specs that the iPad Pro does, or at least the iPad Air does. It doesn't have everything the iPad Pro does, but it's a little bit cheaper, and you can get you can get pretty good specs on it. It will use the original Apple Pencil, not the second-generation one. The Pro is the only ones that use the second-generation one. So if you don't want to spend that much money on it, the iPad Mini is the other 
way to go. Now, if you don't really like iPads that much or tablets and you don't really want to work with those, then you can, I recommend either getting a Surface. Surfaces are really good. They're expensive, but I recommend getting a Surface. They usually have the top of the line specs and they look really great. And it's also a tablet slash laptop with a pen as well. So that's what I highly recommend as well as the Surface Pro 6. Get Usually get the i5 or the i7 one. The i7 one will cost you even more money, but try to get something with the beefy specs. I would usually go for 16 gigs of RAM, but sometimes you can only go eight. But that's my preference on RAM because the more RAM you get, the better the processing is going to be on that one. Also, I recommend getting the Pixel Book for Google. Yes, I'm going for various different things. You can either get the i5 or the i7 one. It's going to be just as good. I would actually try, if you can see, to get 16 gigs of RAM. You might not be able to get 16 gigs of RAM and as much storage as you can get. The reason why I say the Pixel Book is it's one of the top of the line Chromebooks for Google. And I've used Chromebooks since in beta testing. They actually sent me one when it didn't even launch yet. And it's a really good operating system platform. There are some downsides of it, but it's been getting better and better all the time. So that is another one. And it's been going, it's about a thousand bucks for this one, but it's been going down in prices. And there's a lot of sales on it because it hasn't been doing that well, but it's still a really good solid alternative to Windows or Apple. Next for the ones that still love Apple, I'm going to recommend the MacBook Pro as well. Try to get as much specs you can get out of it. I usually recommend the i7 or the i5s. 16 gig of RAM is sufficient if you can get more. My desktop actually has 32 gigs of RAM because I understand RAM is very important, but 16 gigs will do for it. Now, this is going to be pricey because Apple is always pricey. It's going to be a little over $2,000 for this one. There is an i9 one. But I don't really think you actually need an i9. i9 is for more heavy content creators. But it's not against if you want to actually get the i9. I just it's just going to be a lot pricier. It's going to be more towards the three grand realm. So there's that. You have different options of 256 gigs, 512 gigs, and one terabyte. But you can also use hard drives, external hard drives, to you know boost that storage as well. Now, the only downside with a lot of Mac products is that you can't really upgrade them as much as you can PCs. It's why I prefer PCs over Mac, only because I do build my own computers, which in one episode, I will tell you to how what products or what components to get to build a streaming or content creation PC, because it is really important to get the right components for it. But for an all-in-one package straight out the door, MacBook Pro is not a bad way to go. It's just you're going to pay you're going to pay some money for it because that's what Apple does. Apple knows what people want. People love Apple for specific reasons. I am usually pretty neutral, leaning more towards Windows and Android because I've used those and I kind of like well, I actually really do like the flexibility that those have, but nothing against Apple because they do make really great products. Now, moving on to actually desktops, I found some pre-built. They're more gaming desktops, but a lot of times gaming desktops can be content creation desktops. Now, this one I found has 16 gigs of RAM. Hard drive is two terabytes. It's Windows 10. It's got the NVIDIA GTX 1060. It's, it's not the newest graphics card, but it will do for what you need. And so that's the one. It is 
one it's already pre-built they said it's for vr but you don't really need to care about vr because most modern pcs are built for quote-unquote vr i really hate those little taglines because it's not really true that some aren't and some are there is a Dell one that I actually recommend. It's got the eighth generation i7-8700. I will note that the 8700 i7 does run very hot. When I worked for a PC component company, I tested some of their coolers, and it's just it was just hard to keep cool on full load, but it is a very good, in the most part, it's good. It's a good CPU. I prefer the Ryzen chips from AMD. They're a lot better and a lot cheaper as well. This one also has 16 gigs of RAM. It has a 1070 card, which is actually a better card in general for you. But if you're not going to be doing a lot of gaming or streaming or even, I mean, you can still stream with a 1060, but a lot of high intensive gaming, you don't really need a high-end card. It's just depending on what you're going to be doing with it. If you're going to be doing a lot of heavy like After Effects, the better the card, graphics card, the better it's going to be, the better it's going to encode. It's not going to take as long. But that's another one to look at. It's more of an Alienware Dell because Dell owns Alienware. Also, the HP Omen ones. This one has a Ryzen 7 2700 processor, not the X. The 2700X is the top of the line, second generation Ryzen. Now, the third generation Ryzen's are coming out, so pick which one you want. But it also has 16 gigs of RAM, which I always recommend. It also comes with the 2070 which is the, one of the, it's the newer line of the NVIDIA cards. So there's that as well. Usually the newer line of NVIDIA cards are always better, but like I said, I have a 1080, so I'm going to wait another generation until I consider getting a new graphics card. Cause I don't need to, you don't need to buy a graphics card every single generation that comes out because it's really not that much of a performance boost. Usually now next is going to be hard drives. Now, not only do you have hard drives in your computers, but you can actually buy external hard drives and portable hard drives. For the portable side of it, I recommend the rugged portable hard drive. It actually is a four terabyte one, but you can get a one terabyte to about 500 gigs. The more space, the better. You can also have the difference between USB 3.0, USB-C, Thunderbolt, USB-C. So there's different ones, but I would get the rugged one if you're going to be moving it around because it will actually last longer and will be able to take abuse because you can't have it take abuse. It, it, it'll hurt, but this one's about $200. Oh, there is that as well. Also, if you just want to have a backup or put a lot of your files or data on an external hard drive, I've been using the eight terabyte Seagate backup hub plus, and it's actually really good. It has, it has two USB inputs in it so you can actually can actually charge things through it as well there is a four terabyte through a 10 terabyte eight's pretty good if you want 10 it's going to cost you but it's about 150 bucks for the eight terabyte one and the 10 terabyte one is going to run you about 270 dollars so two extra terabytes bumps it up quite a bit but these are what i recommend for storing your video files, your audio files on there, especially if you need a backup. It's always good to back up your computer. Also your files as well. Back it up from OneDrive to Dropbox and also external hard drives. You want to get it off from the cloud because getting off from the cloud can give you extra protection for when things get hacked or when your computer gets hacked. So this is, this is another one that I recommend. And the last thing I recommend is a power strip tower. Now, you may not realize just how many things you're plugging in or charging. 
So this one is actually pretty handy in allowing you to save space, but also charge a whole bunch of different devices. It has about four USB slots, 10 outlet plugs, so you can charge about 14 different types of devices and a nice little contained space. I prefer this because, like I said before, you're going to have a lot of different things you're charging at one time, and it gets a little hectic with all the cables and the wires, and you're like, what is this going to? What is this going to? So this is an extra benefit that I actually recommend as well. And another thing I recommend, if you're a coffee lover, and I'm not going to get sponsored by them at all, is the Ember Mug. Now, if you don't know, the Ember Mug is basically a rechargeable mug that will keep your coffee heated for a couple hours without the saucer and the saucer is a charging unit on the saucer as long as you want. There's an Android app and an Apple app or an iOS app and you can basically customize the temperature for it as well. So if you're a coffee lover like I am, be sure to get that because if you're a sipper, because I usually am a sipper, I usually will have a coffee cup by my desk standing there for all day and it's cold. I'm like, well, I just got to drink cold, hot coffee or coffee that was hot then turned cold. And that's the last one I recommend. And that's the end of the show. Thank you for tuning in for, oh, an hour and a half about just audio and how to set up your audio side of the podcast. Next digital coffee episode, which is in two weeks, will be about the video side of it. And everything from cameras to capture cards to lighting everything you need to know before you start it because a lot of times you won't even know what you need and I'll also do some webcams as well just because it's an easier input to do it as well as always be sure to subscribe to digital coffee on apple podcast google podcast spotify tune in iheart radio pocket cast i'm on just about everything i can be as well also follow Digital Coffee on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Digital Coffee with one E because the two E one was taken, unfortunately. And also I have merch for coffee cups, t-shirts, jackets on the Digital Coffee podcast store. It's all gaming nerdy stuff that you would love and coffee related as well. Now, thank you get once again, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm your host, Brett Deister. And tune in next week for Gamers Cafe, where I go into why loot shooters should be first person or player one non-online games. We'll talk about some of the latest crop that's come up and why they should focus on single player and not multiplayer quite yet. All right, guys, have a good week. I'll see you next Friday. Later.